3: Sask Egg today is brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. Future Ford is your automotive expert. from sales to service. they're the ones you can trust to get you rolling again sooner. Sask Egg today with Doug Faulkner Good afternoon and welcome to Sask Egg today. coming up on today's program. The grain industry is gearing up for meetings and submissions on rail transportation. We'll hear from saskagtoday.com's chief agricultural editor, Kevin Hirsch, on that. As well, feeder cattle prices were mixed according to the latest cattle market update for the week ending September 29th. Emily Taylor, a livestock development intern at the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture, will fill us in on that. And a weekly overview of the wheat market has been provided by Michael Wilton of Mercantile Consulting Venture. We'll hear from him on today's program. So all of those stories and much more coming up on today's edition of SaskAg Today. But first, it's time for the Agriculture Outlook with Precision Weather. And that's a presentation of Milligan Bio. Milligan Bio now offers bio meal for your livestock, giving your animals more protein, more energy and more of what they need. It's also brought to you by Sean Prahitka, your REMAX Blue Chip Ag Division Specialist. Welcome back to SaskAg Today. The grain industry is gearing up for meetings and submissions on rail transportation. SaskAgtoday.com Chief Agricultural Editor Kevin Hirsch says it's a wide-ranging review by Transport Canada.
0: In the weeks ahead, and they're at various locations across the prairies, Transport Canada has initiated a a review of uh, grain transportation policies. Everything from the extended inter-switching pilot, uh, they want to hear about views on that, to maximum uh, revenue entitlement, which is what uh, producers ultimately pay for uh, the freight bills through their grain shippers. And it's probably not something that the general farm population is really heard much about, but it's happening and really keeping groups such as Pulse Canada that runs the Ag Transport Coalition busy. Uh, Western Green Elevator Association is really involved in, in policy. Uh, Canadian Federation of Agriculture, a whole host of agriculture groups are, are going through this rather detailed uh, discussion document uh, where Transport Canada is asking for feedback They'll also be asking for feedback from the the major railway companies and railway short lines. Whether this will actually result in any changes in the near term is doubtful because we have a new transportation minister, transport minister in Ottawa, and uh, the current government is also nearing the end of its mandate as far as introducing new legislation. But these sorts of uh, discussions uh, do remain within the bureaucracy of Transport Canada and and eventually, if uh, they can make sense of it, may manifest themselves in in changes in transport policy going forward.
3: He says he has some significant interest
0: in these meetings. I am involved as executive director of the Inland Terminal Association of Canada, which is four grain terminals that were set up by farmers that have significant farmer ownership, so it, it puts me watching this sort of thing it's certainly not an area where i have uh, very much expertise because i don't deal with it on a day-to-day basis but sat in on a crop logistics working group uh zoom call this morning and there were some things that i was i was surprised at the railways are charging fuel surcharges on grain movement but that's over and uh, above the maximum revenue entitlement that they're uh, legislated the maximum that they can they can charge based on volume based based on uh, cost of production. So when fuel gets a little high, they, they tack on this surcharge and it's actually getting a significant revenue stream from this fuel surcharge, which is over and above the maximum revenue entitlement. So whenever these sorts of things are reviewed, I think it's useful to look at it and sometimes there's loopholes and things that need to be changed or needs to be addressed. So that's, that's one that really stuck out for me.
3: Hirsch notes that the railways have long had a sway on the federal government's transport policy.
0: Well, they certainly have a strong lobby and spend a lot of time lobbying MPs, but I think the grain industry has been better than all of the other segments of the economy that use the railways in that through the Ag Transport Coalition, we've got more and more statistics about how the railways are performing, which by the way, they're performing pretty good so far this crop year. And there also been a concerted effort to bring all of agriculture together, all the grain industry together, to be united on what they're asking for. And I think we saw that in the most recent changes to the Canada Transportation Act. And I think that has helped to counterbalance uh, the 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 power or the lobbying power of the railways to have groups that are dedicating resources and bringing producers together to come up with well-reasoned thoughts about transport policy.
3: And he says he's only scratching the surface on what's expected to be discussed.
0: We could spend a lot of time going through (laughs) the individual discussion the, the discussion document is some 18 pages of pretty dry reading but so i won't bore you further i'll, I'll, I'll try to pull out more tidbits maybe for uh, future discussions
3: kevin hirsch is the chief agricultural editor for saskegtoday.com it's time now for the ag review portion of our program and that's a presentation of new era ag technologies in swan River. gx94 AgriView. Federal Agriculture Minister Lawrence McCauley and Saskatchewan Agriculture Minister David Merritt have announced funding of $5 million for the Saskatchewan Food Industry Development Centre in Saskatoon. The funding, delivered through the Sustainable Canadian Agricultural Partnership, will support the Food Center's work to enable the continued growth of value-added revenue and agri-food exports in the province over the next five years. Established in 1997, the Food Centre is a non-profit organization offering pathfinding, product development and commercialization services to agri-food processors. It has supported the development and processing of over 1,000 new products, consulted with more than 500 companies, and assisted in production commercialization related to almost all new agri food startups in the province. The Government of Saskatchewan has once again proclaimed October as Agriculture Month in Saskatchewan. Agriculture Month is an opportunity to recognize the contributions of the agriculture industry and the dedicated farmers, ranchers, and agribusinesses who produce the high quality sustainable food in the province. Agriculture Month is an opportunity to increase consumer understanding of and trust in modern food production. Members of the agriculture industry are also encouraged to get involved by sharing their own stories, hosting open houses, or engaging the public in discussions about agriculture and agri-food production. Throughout the month of October, Farm and Food Care Saskatchewan, in collaboration with industry partners, will share food stories, hold an online photo contest and use social media to encourage the public to learn more about modern agriculture. The managed money net short position in the ICE Futures canola market more than doubled during the weekend at Tuesday on a combination of long liquidation and new bearish bets going on the books. That's according to the latest Commitments of Traders report from the U.S. Commodity Futures Trading Commission. As of September 26th, the net managed money short position in canola futures came in at 34,874 contracts, an increase of about 20,000 contracts from the previous week and the largest net short position in three months. Open interest in the canola market dipped by 2,500 contracts from the previous week at 302,599 contracts at the chicago board of trade fund traders were still holding a net long position in soybeans but it was down by about twelve thousand five hundred contracts on the week at just under twenty six thousand contracts cn and C.P.K.C. rail supplied a combined eighty four percent of hopper cars ordered in grain week eight a decline from the previous week's eighty eight percent order fulfillment performance and the worst performance of the year so far This also marks the third consecutive week in which we've seen a decline in overall system performance. The deterioration in overall performance reflects a decline in performance for each of CN and CPKC. In supplying 86% of hopper cars ordered on time in week 8, CN saw performance decline from the 87% order fulfillment performance they posted in week 7. CN performance remains below the 90% performance threshold for the fourth consecutive week and for the fifth time in the last six weeks. CPKC order fulfillment performance declined more significantly, with the railway supplying 82% of shipper orders in Week 8, as compared to 90% order fulfillment performance in Week 7. This represents CPKC's worst performance of the current grain year thus far and marks the first time in 24 weeks that the railway has not supplied 90% or more of shipper orders. Brent Durkacz has been named as the new president and CEO of Cantera Seeds. Durkacz steps into the role as longtime CEO David Hansen announced his retirement earlier this year. Durkacz has been with Cantera Seed since 2001 and has served as the director of Pedigreed Seed Business Unit for the past five years. Durkacz will step into his new role immediately as Hansen transitions to an advisory role until his departure in December. He grew up on a family farm near Russell, Manitoba, and today volunteers his time educating the next generations through agriculture in the classroom Manitoba. And be sure to listen to the latest Saskag Today podcast. It's brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. Please stay tuned. Sasgag Today will return right after these messages. Canada. Welcome back to Sasgag Today. I'm Doug Falconer. We have light rain and ten degrees in the Yorkton Melville region. I'll have your complete weather details coming up at the top of the hour. Feeder cattle prices were mixed according to the latest cattle market update for the week ending September 29th. Livestock development intern at the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture, Emily Taylor, has the details.
1: Feeder steer prices ranged from $513.10 per 100 rate for the 300 to 400 pound weight category down to $312.92 per 100 rate for the 900 plus pound weight category this week. The largest price increase was seen in the three hundred to four hundred pound weight category with prices improving seven dollars and forty seven cents per hundredweight over the previous week. The largest price decline was seen in the five hundred to six hundred pound weight category with an average price decline of three dollars and sixty cents per hundred Average weekly prices for Saskatchewan's feeder heifers ranged from four hundred and thirty two dollars and fifty cents per weight for the three hundred to four hundred pound weight category to $298.13 per 100 weight for the 800+ pound weight category. The only price increase was seen in the 300 to 400 pound weight category this week, with prices improving $2.17 per 100 weight week over week. Prices declined across the rest of the feeder half weight categories. The smallest decline was observed in the 400 to 500 pound weight category with a reduction of $1.25 per 100 weight and the largest decline was seen in the seven to 800 pound weight category with a reduction of $7.45 per hundred weight.
3: She says feed grain prices decreasing and more cattle entering the market are contributing to the start of seasonal price declines. Taylor also notes an increase in feeder cattle going to auction.
1: The volume of Saskatchewan feeder cattle sold at auction saw an increase with CanFax reporting 15,016 head sold over the week ending September 29th compared to 12,049 head marketed the previous week. Market volume was slightly below the 15,525 head marketed during the same week last year. Year-to-date, Saskatchewan feeder cattle marketings are 3% above 2022 at 309,795 head.
3: She says prices for Alberta cows for last week were down compared to the previous week.
1: The price for Alberta fed steers averaged $232.80 per hundred hundredweight, which is $0.07 cents below the previous week. Fed steer prices have been declining very gradually over the past few weeks. The price of D2 slaughter cows decreased on average $4.10 per hundredweight from the previous week to average $131 per hundredweight. The price of D3 slaughter cows was down $5.14 per hundredweight over the prior week, ending the week at an average of $118.61 per hundredweight.
3: Emily Taylor is a livestock development intern at the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture. Livestock market conditions. US live cattle futures for December closed at 185.65 today. That's down 270. February live cattle closed at 190.30 down 287. November feeder cattle closed at 250.35, down 535. January feeder cattle closed at 254.27, down 507. December lean hogs closed at 69.07, down 42. February lean hogs closed at 72.72, down 120. And that's the livestock market conditions. Please stay tuned. SASGAG Today will resume right after these messages. Start. Welcome back to Saskag Today. A weekly overview of the wheat market has been provided by Michael Wilton of Mercantile Consulting Venture. It was issued through the Saskatchewan Wheat Development Commission.
2: On Friday, U.S. wheat futures tanked lower as the USDA surprised the market with unexpected production numbers. As far as some of the most important news that happened last week, we'll start with the USDA's small grain summary. USDA put wheat production up by 80 million bushels to 1.8 billion bushels compared to last year's production and the trade's guess of 1.7 billion bushels. USDA stocks report was largely as expected, at 1.8 billion bushels, which was unchanged from last year. As far as spring wheat is concerned, the USDA small grains report indicated that US other spring wheat class production was 1.6 million tons larger than what the trade was expecting, at 13.7 million tons, up 605,000 tons from last year. And for Durham, the USDA increased their number for Durham production by 54,000 tons to 1.6 million tons. This is 54,000 tons more than what the trade was expecting, but 126,000 tons less than last year's production and over to Canada. Spring wheat harvest in Saskatchewan is 96% complete, and Alberta is 89% done. Canadian wheat exports continue to be strong. Wheat 8 exports were up to 525,000 tonnes, creating a season total of 3 million tonnes. This is now up by 28% over the same time last year, and the visible supply is at 3.1 million tons. For Durham, Durham Harvest is essentially complete across North America. Canadian Durham exports were 53.8 thousand tons in week 8 for a season total of 287 thousand tons. This is just 17.6 thousand tons less than the same time last year. Most of the exports last week were out of the St. Lawrence. And while we're still on Durham, we'll mention that strong growing conditions in Turkey have increased production there. The average yield is estimated to be 3.36 tonnes per hectare, compared to last year's 3.14 tonnes per hectare, and the average of 2.95 tonnes per hectare. We expect Durham prices will improve after the harvest pressure from Turkey and the Black Sea passes and when additional good quality durum is needed in the EU and North Africa. And in the US, the main features were the surprise production numbers in the small grains report, and the stocks number that was essentially as expected. For winter wheat planting, planting of the US winter wheat crop is 26% compared to the 29% average, 47% of the US wheat area is under drought conditions. US wheat export sales were above expectations and a 7-week high of 545,000 tons. Total commitments are now 14% behind last year's pace, against the USDA's expected decline of 8%. Weekly sales for the remainder of the marketing year need to be about 8.5 million bushels per week. While exports in most US wheat classes are lagging last year, Spring wheat and durum sales are up by 6% and 55% respectively. And we'll continue our way south to Argentina, where crop ratings declined. The wheat area, considered to be in excellent condition, fell by 3% to 22%, and the crops in poor condition rose by 5% to 27%. This is still a large improvement from the 25% poor rating of this time last year. Farmers in Argentina remain reluctant sellers as crop concerns and potential export tax reductions has producers shuttering their bins. New crop wheat sales are just 1.6 million tons compared to the 5.3 million tons the same time last year. Parts of Brazil had the wettest September in over a century. Upwards of 47% of Brazil's total wheat area has been impacted, and the bulk of the wheat produced there will be feed grade. The remaining 43% of the crop is expected to be good milling quality. And over to Australia. Australia is forecast to receive some rain in some regions, but is not likely enough to reverse the overall dry trend. In the EU. Quality spreads in the EU are the widest they've been in over a decade. The region is oversupplied with feed wheat and is short on high protein wheat. Despite the abundance of feed wheat, corn is still a cheaper feed source, which has domestic feed and industrial users switching to that product. EU exports are 27% behind last year's pace, and net exports, that's exports minus imports, are down by 46% from last year. Brussels raised EU imports by 2.5 million tons to 6.5 million tons. The increase is from higher volumes of wheat being imported from Ukraine, and the larger need for high quality wheat. And I guess we'll continue on to the Black Sea. Russian exports for the first quarter of the marketing year were a record high at 15 million tons. Russia conducted another attack on the Ukrainian port of Odessa last weekend, and despite significant damage being reported, there was little reaction in the grain market. It seems the trade has accepted that, barring any major attacks on Kronomorsk or a complete inability to ship grain on the Dnieper River, the country should be able to move most of its surplus grain. All of Ukraine and a large portion of the winter wheat area in Russia remains dry ahead of the fall seeding. In the significant purchases and trades last week, we heard that Morocco approved a 2 million ton import program. For the months of October to December. Tunisia bought 100,000 tons of October-November position wheat at $275 to $278 on a CNF basis. This was likely from Russia. There were rumours that 5 to 6 French wheat vessels sold to China, but we did not hear any confirmations. Egypt's gas bought 120,000 tons of November shipment wheat from Romania and 50,000 tons from Bulgaria at $255 per ton on a FOB basis. Russian offers at the tender were originally at $270 per ton at the floor price, but then dropped to $260 per ton as Gask was offering the 255 the decline in price was likely sanctioned by the Russian government, and we've heard that there's higher Russian wheat prices offered at public tenders and lower, as low as $240 per ton, being offered in private business done by the Russians. There was Ukrainian wheat offered at the gas tender, and although it did not trade or include freight costs, it caused the market to further realize the price spread between prices in the Black Sea and other origins. As far as the outlook, Russian wheat is still taking most of the export demand, and although Russian export price schemes continue to create confusion in the market, it seems like the Russians have lowered their fore price. But otherwise, we don't see much reason for better prices in the short term. We're 60% sold their current crop, and will prefer to hold additional sales for now.
3: That's Michael Wilton of Mercantile Consulting Venture, in Winnipeg, commodities update. Canola futures closed up across the board today. November canola closed at 717.40, up $10.40. January canola closed at 725.40, up $9.40. December Minneapolis wheat closed at 7.25 and a half. Up six and three quarters of a cent. December Kansas City wheat closed at 683 and a quarter, up six and a half cents. December Chicago wheat closed at 568 and a half, up three and three quarters of a cent. December corn closed at 487 and a half, down one and a quarter cents. November soybeans closed at 12.72 and three quarters, down four and a quarter cents. December oats closed at 4.36 and a half, up two cents. And that's the commodities update. Please stay tuned, Saskang Today will continue right after this message. Future Ford has been serving the Melville area for over 30 years. They focus on the future. Their staff are ready for what's to come. Ford Tech is changing all the time with new vehicle technology like EV, self-driving, and more. Get ready to drive into the future. Why? Because the future is Future Ford. Welcome back to Saskang Today. I'm Doug Falconer. As part of the Saskatchewan Farm Riders Annual Tour, A group of journalists visited the Rosetown and Herschel areas on Saturday. One of the stops was the Rosetown-Hutterite Brethren Colony, which has a population of about 55. The Rosetown colony has nearly 9,000 acres of cultivated land and about another 5,000 acres of pasture. Like most Hutterite colonies, the one north of Rosetown is diversified with grain, beef and dairy cattle, There are also plans to add chickens in the near future. Joe Kleinsasser is the top manager of the colony and he touches on several topics starting with 2023 crop production and rainfall.
4: We got a few showers, Uh, we actually got enough rain in a normal year to have a decent crop This ground will carry us a long way, but what happened this year was uh, collateral damage from two years of extreme drought. We had a lot of group 2 residual issues that was just sitting there for two years and then this year we get a little bit of rain early started working and then ironically the more rain we got, the worse it became because it just activated it a lot faster.
3: He says they have a lot of kosher weed in that area.
4: There is. We're not very high on fall application of herbicide, but we, we will have to do some of that. We'll have to put down some fierce, I believe, his name and a chemical to get that because our lentil crops were, well, you couldn't see them for the kosher this year, and I think that was part of the issue. It's just uh, the extreme drought has changed everything in terms of management, in terms of how you react to things uh, more than we thought it would.
3: Klein-Sasser says with even normal snowfall this winter, it will still be dry in the Rosetown area come spring.
4: Significantly uh, depletion of soil moisture. We never got to the point where it recharged, uh, even came even close to recharging. So we'll be feeling that, but I think... Just as it's a snowball effect when you have drought, when you start coming out of it, every year we understand there's going to be some challenges, but hopefully we'll be able to deal with them with some of the information that we've been able to gather along the way this year.
3: He notes they've switched to robotic milking in their dairy operation.
4: It has worked uh, great. In, in terms of uh, production and animal welfare, uh, the, the robotics are just a great tool to do that. Also in terms of uh, work-life balance, for the guy who's running it, it really helps in that. The cost of running a robot versus a parlor is, is higher, but when everything is sitting and down with the higher production you get, it's pretty much even so. It's for, for me, I, it's a recommendation I make to anybody. But having said that, it depends where you are. With a parlor, you can decide to ramp up in a hurry. If, if quota gets cheap and you want to rent it in, you can almost double your herd overnight if you want to, if you want to rent enough quota in, which right now you can't do anyway. With robotics, you know, you are pretty much set in place. You're milking your own herd, and that's it.
3: Klein-Sasser says they've been able to grow enough feed for the dairy cattle this year.
4: 21 and 22 were a big challenge. 23, uh, this year we managed to do that. I'm quite happy with that part of it and thankful for it. Uh, We were able to get enough feed. In terms of uh, growing feed, we put in 1,000 acres every year for silage. And in a good year, we'll use two quarters of that. We'll use uh, 320 acres of that. This year, the last three years, we've had to use every bit of it so that it does cut into our bottom line in terms of, uh, you know, cash crops, but it's something that you accept when you're raising livestock.
3: With a 300-head beef herd... He says they've been able to manage their numbers with the high price
4: of feed. Last year we had to cut. We sold 50 pairs. This year we haven't had to do that. Hopefully we can begin to build up again uh, to the 300 where we were. Nobody's getting rich raising beef, but it's a nice addition to our social structure, which is why we like it, and, and quite frankly, there is money to be made in good if use you, if you manage it right, so we're quite optimistic about that.
3: And Kleinsasser says some of their colonists ride horses to tend to the cattle in the pasture.
4: Yep, that's a part that we like. It's a great addition to our social structure. And also, you know, I want to keep the native grass away from the plow. It does what it needs to do. I don't think it should be plowed up.
3: Joe Kleinsasser is with the Rosetown Hutterite Brethren Colony. It's now 1 o'clock in Saskatchewan, 2 o'clock in Manitoba. Time to check the GX94 Precision Weather Forecast. For the Quill Lakes, Hudson Bay, Swan River, Broadview, Moosum, and Indian Head, and Yorkton, Melville, Roblin, Russell regions today, a 90% chance of light rain and showers, winds north-northwest at 15 to 25, and a high of 11 degrees. For tonight, a 30% chance of showers, then partly cloudy, winds northwest at 10 to 20 and a low of 4. For tomorrow, cloudy with a 60% chance of afternoon showers, winds west-northwest at 15 to 25, a high of 12, an overnight low of 5. For Thursday, cloudy with a 50% chance of showers and a slight chance of evening flurries, Winds west-northwest at 20 to 40, and a high of 7. For Friday, partly sunny, a high of 6, and Saturday sunny, a high of 14. In the Paw, it's 9 degrees, Swan River 10, Dauphin 13, Brandon 14, Show Lake-Russell and Roblin 12. Regina and broadview Mooseman are at 11, Saskatoon 12, Hudson Bay Indian Head ten, Winyard Wadena, Kelvington nine. The Yorkton Melville region has some light rain, a northwest wind at twenty two kilometers an hour, ninety six percent is the relative humidity. The temperature is ten degrees. That's your agriculture weather, and that'll do it for Saskang today for today. Be sure to tune in again tomorrow at 12.15 Saskatchewan time for another edition of the program. It's time now for the news and sports headlines. Saskeg Today has been brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. Future Ford is your automotive expert. From sales to service, they're the ones you can trust to get you rolling again sooner.